Hear me out. I'm not normally a moral victory guy, but I think there's a lot of positive takeaways from Texas A&M's bowl loss to Oklahoma State. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Yesterday, <clears throat> last night, the Aggies took on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And Lost this ball game. But, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, just initial thoughts from this game. Watching, you know, first play on offense, you lose your quarterback. First play, Jalen Henderson rolls out, um, makes a great play, a great play, uses his legs, buys some time, and finds an open receiver for an 11-yard gain. But um, a player comes in for the tackle, it takes his legs out from under him, and as he goes to kind of catch himself, he lands on his arm funny and in, injures his arm. And then it was Mar the Marcel Reed show after that. That was it for Henderson. We saw one snap from him, one play from him, and then he was gone for the rest of the ball game. Um, so everybody, you know, keep Jalen Henderson in your thoughts and prayers. That I'll tell you this before we talk about how great Marcel Reed was. What I hated to see about that was, you know, when they put that air cast on his arm and Henderson, you know, went to the sideline, they tried to bring the cart out, you know, and Henderson wanted to walk off. And um, the frustration and the pain in his, you know, reaction in his, in his face and body language, and it didn't have to do with pain. You know, that's Everybody who's played sports and had an injury knows what that was. That was, I can't play with my with my brothers. I can't go out here and fight in this football game. And not only that, but that, as we discussed on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Aggies, was a massive opportunity for Henderson to say, hey, you know, um, I'm a real dude here. And, you know, I had some people in the comments yesterday, and I wanted to kind of – and this will be a, a real – I plan next week, maybe Monday, to have this be a real large discussion. Um, but – uh, people, people, people were commenting yesterday saying, "Hey, I think you're a little too, you know, kind of Connor Wigman, one way street kind of, you know, and you need to say, uh, I needed to look at it more as, hey, Jalen Henderson really is going to be in a battle for QB one next year with Connor Wigman, and that's true. So I agree with with people who, who are commenting that. Um, I still do think Wigman's the guy, but I mean Henderson is going to have a shot at this job, and so that injury." not only we don't know how long he's done for, we don't know how long he's out. We don't, I don't have an, um, an update yet. I will try and find that, but um, actually let me type that in real quick and see if there is an update. I didn't see one. That's the problem with the game being so late at night. Um, But um, that guy's fighter. He, yeah, I don't, I'll try and find something on that. But uh, what I'll do is I'll do more research when I'm done recording. I'll leave in the comments. But um, 
So, yeah, Jalen Henderson goes down with an injury on the first play of the game. Marcel Reed comes in, and Marcel Reed was pretty darn good. You know what was so funny? And he comes in the first one of his first throws, and and listen, caveat here, it might have been tipped. I've watched the replay in, in a few, enough times, and you can't really tell. So if it was tipped, but I'm just giving Marcel Reed a hard time because he played a really good football game. But that first throw – it quacked and it was sideways, and I went, "Oh boy, we are we are in trouble here." And then Marcel Reed turned it on and put on a show. I, you know, used his legs, used his arm. I knew he could, you know, he could run around and move the football. He's a small guy, uh, not a lot of weight on him yet. I knew he could run around a little bit, but I mean, he would he made some accurate throws, and then he made some throws that you went. Ooh, what are we, what are we doing here? What was the plan? What was that? I don't know what you're doing, but as to be expected, when you're a freshman, really, and you, I know he got a few snaps here and there throughout the season, but that was really his first game action, where it was, hey, you're the guy, go play. Um, and I mean, you got to remember, Marcel Reed was thrown to a wide receiver room that was Jade Walker, Micah Tease, and Moose. That's it. You know, that's it. And I just I thought this offense really impressed me for I mean putting up 23 points and of course in the 31-23 loss to Oklahoma State. I, this offense, it it moved the ball, it competed. Everything, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, once again, moral victories, I don't I don't I don't believe in moral victories, but when you're playing a team, a good football team that was in the Big 12 championship that uh, was ranked and had most of their players, you know, Texas A&M fought. This team fought. This team did everything they could in a game where they were outgunned, they were outmanned. They Everything was against them, and Texas A&M fought and played a good football game. Um, and I talked about how, you know, hey, if you win this game, I think it's a positive omen, you know, kind of for next year. It's like – and, you know – Leaving this game, even though it's a loss, and this is—I mean, this is a moral victory, and I'm not—I really don't like them. But in a game like this, when you were that undermanned and short-handed, to go and compete like that, and, and you know, and be in this football game uh, as it kind of winded down was exciting to me, impressive to me, and just shows a lot about this team um, going forward. And I think a bit of the culture that Mike Elko is already building. And we're going to discuss that in segment three, but um, yeah, Marcel Reed, I was really impressed. Everybody leave the, their thoughts on Marcel Reed's performance in the, in the YouTube comments. Um, Jalen Henderson, once again, just heartbroken for that young man. I mean, I, he, I think he was going to have a special game. And then on the first play of the game, he goes down with an injury like that, making a great play for his football team. You just, I mean, you just hate to see that. I, I there's no words to describe how awful that was and how horrible I feel for him. Um, you know, and like I said, read through the football a lot better than I expected. I was expecting him to be a, you know, I, I'm going to run the football, but I could throw a little bit kind of guy, but he really was able to stand in the pocket and deliver some strikes, deliver some incredible, incredible throws, make some great plays that made me go, man, this kid's going to be good. I mean, uh, my confidence in Texas A&M's quarterback room, watching Marcel Reed go do what he did yesterday, went from confident 
to incredibly through the roof confident because here's the deal. I think that Jalen Henderson, Marcel Reed, and Connor Wigman can all start and all be really good next season. And that is something not a lot of schools have. Um, Jade Walker, I, I you know I challenged him. I said, hey, go show me you can be a wide receiver one. And golly, did he look good. He just makes some plays. He plays football. He gets open. That's what is so great about Jade Walker. He, he's not like winning 50-50 balls. He's creating separation with route running, with speed, with shiftiness. He is open. And Marcel Reed was putting the ball on the money and and – and Jody Walker looked really good yesterday. Moose made one of those catches that was just incredible. If if y'all missed the game by any chance, just go on, you know, um, on X or Twitter and go to Texas A&M football's page and just watch his one-handed catch. It was one of those where, like, I, I just I didn't like know how to respond. Like, I was like, what, what are you? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like in shock for like two minutes. It was one of those catches. Um, Basantis moved over to guard. And I'll tell you, we'll talk a little bit more about this offensive line in segment two. We'll just do that. We'll do that. Let's say we'll save a little bit of this conversation about the offensive line for segment two. Um, I have a little bit about um, the secondary, a little bit about Le'Veon Moss, a little bit about this offensive line to talk about, including some impressive guys on the defensive line. All coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at Game Time. I cannot sit here and talk enough good about Game Time. You know, as human beings, we all work. We all, you know, we're all grinding every day. And sometimes you want to go to a ball game. You want to go to a concert. You want to go hear your favorite country music channel. You want to go uh, watch your favorite uh, baseball team. You want to go listen to a comedian, right? And some of these ticket venues, places to go buy tickets, are doing everything they can to take your hard-earned money. Game Time wants to save you money. They want to get you the tickets to the events you want to go to for the best possible price. And that always means a lot to me. Game time isn't trying to, you know, really make it difficult on people that just want to go enjoy some things. Um, and that's what is so special about this app to me. They they make it easy to buy tickets. They make it affordable. Uh, one of their features is when you're buying tickets in their app, you can see the venue and you can look around and see where you're sitting. It's just a great service, a great app that wants to save you money. I love game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, I wanted to talk a little about this offensive line. You know. There were a few things. Was this offensive line perfect? No. By no means was this offensive line perfect. But this offensive line played well enough for me to be a little bit more confident heading into next year 
you know, with without a ton of portal additions. I still would go get a couple offensive linemen in the portal, especially some tackles. But I did, I watched this game and I said, okay, was this offensive line perfect? No, by no means was it perfect. But this offensive line did enough to where I said, okay, I think that a couple additions, maybe a couple more depth pieces, maybe send some of these guys to the two deep and bring in a couple guys. I think this offensive line can be good. Um, that, that, that was kind of how I felt after this ball game. Um, so, and that's, I really want to hear y'all's thoughts on the offensive line. I'm in, by no means in any way saying it was perfect because it was not. Uh, and, and the run game was once again, just not really there, but I thought this offensive line did enough to make me feel a bit better. Now, I know having a mobile quarterback back there maybe helped a little bit when it comes to if you had more of a stationary guy back there, would the sack numbers have been different? Possibly. But, I mean, just plain and simple, I I, I left this ball game a little bit more confident in the offensive line. Uh, Chase Basantis made the move into guard, and I thought he looked a lot better. I thought he looked like an offensive lineman that can play. I, I um, You know, and, and we know that, Santos was a freshman. He is a freshman. Still in the, in this game was a freshman. He has a lot of growing, a lot of improving, a lot of technique to work on, but I thought that he looked good inside. So this offensive line, I want to hear y'all's thoughts. I'm very curious, very curious to hear y'all's thoughts on the offensive line. Um, was it perfect? No, but it did give me a little bit more confidence going forward than I had heading into this ballgame, but I still think I'd go get a couple guys in the portal. Um, Le'Veon Moss didn't suit up in this ball game, and I want to read this quote from Coach Robinson about Le'Veon Moss. Uh, he says, "He said, well, he missed the game." And Coach Robinson says, "We continue to pray for him and his family, so we obviously don't know what's going on. It, it, all we can do is once again." Thoughts and prayers for Le'Veon Moss. Um, you know, we could have used him out there, but whatever's going on with him, I hope everything gets better, gets resolved, gets fixed. That's all that all that I care about is Le'Veon Moss. Whatever's going on gets resolved and he gets to feeling better um, and back to playing football when he's ready, whatever's going on. So, um, but I just wanted to update that situation and I don't know what's going on, but I don't think it's for us to know what's going on. I think he's, you know, got, a, got stuff um, going on. So the big issue in this game, and it, it, once again, it is a it is a theme, was the defensive or was the secondary play. Um, a, a lot of young guys out there. We saw Dalton Brooks. We saw uh, Bravion Rogers. We saw Javon Thomas. Each of those guys made a couple plays. Each of those guys made a couple plays where you went, okay, okay, you know. Once again, freshmen, young guys, I, I want to add that caveat, but the quarterback for Oklahoma State was 34 for 49 for 402 yards. I mean, you had a receiver, you know, you had a receiver with 16 receptions, a receiver with 10 receptions, um, a total of 436 yards through the air because um, that receiver, uh, Presley, had a, had a 34-yard pass. And, I mean – just secondary wasn't good enough. It, it isn't good enough. And, and once again, I, I talked about how, you know, Dalton Brooks, 
made a great, a great interception. Made a, it was a, gr- a great play. Um, each of them, there was a couple plays from Rodgers and Thomas that you went, okay, these, you know, there was a few plays from each of them that, that I went, okay, you know, I saw some stuff there, but it was not good enough. It was not good enough. And at the end of the day, this, you know, needs to be dealt with. I think that it's very clear why the Aggies have already, why this coaching staff has already brought in a handful of secondary players in um, Will Lee and um, Derricky Riot. Now I'm forgetting the other uh, other other guy's name. Let me pull up his name. Why is this not pull right up again when I type this in? Oh, I know what I have to type in. There you go. Um, but Will Lee, I forget the other guy's name already. Yeah, Derricky Riot from Vandy, and then Trey Jones. That's the name I'm forgetting. So you've already brought in three secondary players and it's very clear why very clear why and you're going to need them um you're going to need some some i wouldn't mind if you went and got some more now dalton brooks and rogers and javon thomas do am i saying give up on these guys no they are freshmen they are freshmen they can develop they're getting a new position coach they're getting a new defensive coordinator a new head coach that's a defensive mind i believe that these guys will develop and will get better but but that ball game was not good enough. You know, Bryce Anderson, once again, he made some plays, and there were some plays where you go, okay, what's going on here? Um, so the secondary issues continued and definitely are 100% something that needs to be fixed when we discuss next season because it, it, it's, uh, a Mike Elko secondary cannot look like that, and I don't think it will look like that. I believe – in this coaching staff to be able to fix these issues. So, um, and I believe that these young guys can turn it around, but there is a ton, a ton in this secondary that needs to be fixed. Okay. DJ Hicks and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, both DJ Hicks, especially made some plays in this ball game and gave me some confidence to where I kind of sat back and I went, Man, I wish we'd have seen more of him. I, I'm glad he got on the field because I think that's going to help you. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not as worried about him heading on out. But I mean, Hicks in his ball game, he had a couple tackles, but man, he just looked good. That one tackle he had, he it, it was a run stop, and he just shed his his blocker, made an incredible play, and you just saw all of the 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 reason he was a five star, all the talent just flash right there. And I said, this kid's going to be special. With a little bit of coaching up, a little bit more development, he's going to be great. Same with Dindy. I mean, uh, uh, with with Brownlow Dindy, he made some plays that I just went, man, this kid's going to be good. We know how talented he is as well. Um, And and that's what's so funny. That is one thing we talked about a ton in the offseason was like, hey, you know, these guys, um, these guys, this defensive line is so deep that you've got guys like DJ Hicks and Brownlow Dindy sitting on the bench, right? And then, you know, you got some some guys not playing in this ball game, some guys leaving in the portal to where they get their shot, and I thought they looked pretty good. Um, I mean, all I thought that the run stopping against Ollie Gordon, I think, you know, uh, they held him to 4.4 yards of carry. He got the rock a ton. I mean, he's, got, he's a guy kind of like 
they explained on the bo- on the broadcast like he's like a Derrick Henry type. They're going to feed him the rock and let him wear you down. And I thought this defense, despite I know he had a hundred a buck eighteen on the ground and a touchdown, but I was pretty impressed with the way they they kind of slowed him down. I mean, Ollie Gordon has had games where a lot of games where he's put up a lot more than one hundred eighteen yards. So um, I, I was happy with the front seven. I think that there's a lot to be excited about for next year, but this secondary definitely has stuff to work on. And the last thing I want to say before we move on to segment three, the 12th man, Sam Matthews. I mean, you want to talk about a story that you just go to bed feeling good at night. Sam Matthews going out, he talked about he's from the Houston area. He grew up a Texans fan. He grew up going to the games, making an interception in that game, looking like an absolute dog out there. I mean, just – that's just a kid who just wants it. You know, he just wants it and leads the team in tackles, 14 tackles, 11 solo tackles, one and a half tackles for loss and an interception. Good for this young man. I mean, that's, I just think what he did embodies Texas a and it, it was so exciting to see. I, just good for that young man to go out and play football that well. It, it, and I know obviously the team wanted the win and that hurts, but man, I am um, good for him. That was really awesome to see. And I know all, all you every day feel the same way. We're going to talk a little bit about the stats and some of what Coach Elko had to say during uh, they brought him on the broadcast. We'll talk about those two things coming up right here Unlocked on Aggies. But I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a ton more. I use FanDuel when I wager on sports. It's easy to use. It's fun to use. It's an app. Like I said, I've used all the competitors, and it's just the FanDuel app is just so much easier to use. I love wagering on ball games, making ball games a little bit more fun, a little more on the line over on FanDuel. It is just a blast. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, you know, Coach Elko obviously joined the broadcast. And, (coughs) ooh, wrong hole, Mm, wrong pipe. That water did not go. There we go. All right. So, Coach Elko said a few things that, you know, really stood out to me. And not really just football. Not not football. I just, I think that, you know, he talked about culture. We know how important culture is when it comes to a football program. You know, you want a tight group, a group that fights for each other, a group that that plays football, that plays the right way, that works hard in the classroom, great human beings off the field. And I just think Coach Elko made it very clear that he is going to make that culture a reality. I think you're going to see him take this football program to the next level. I think you're going to see him take these student-athletes and make them better 
human beings. I just think that everything he's going to do as a football coach is going to be just make this program better. I just Every time I see Coach Elko speak, I am more and more impressed. Every time I see him speak, and obviously we've seen him speak, you know, knowing he was at Texas A&M as the D.C., but just seeing him speak every time, whether it was on game day when he was at Duke or last night on the broadcast, every time he says anything, I just kind of sit back and go, I just have a feeling this guy's going to turn this football program around and really get the best out of the talent. And he said it himself. This program needs to be in a position where it's competing for championships, college football playoff appearances every single season, and that's where we're taking it. I just, I'm really, hearing him speak on the broadcast last night really just got me fired up for the future. So I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. Um, I was just really impressed with Coach Elko and everything he had to say and really excited for the future. So just real quick, one minute before we call it a day, I wanted to run through the numbers yesterday. Uh, Marcel Reed had two, uh, had 361 passing yards, and um, he was 20 for 33 in this game. Did have a pick, but it was one of those like you know last-second heaves um, to try and get in the end zone. Don't really worry about that. Um, he carried the ball 10 times for 29 yards. And a touchdown, the great touchdown run, 20-yard touchdown run. He got outside and was able to beat everybody to the end zone. It was a great play. Uh, Ruben Owens, 7 for 26 on the ground. Amari Daniels, 8 for 18 on the ground, which is a little surprising knowing he had a 13-yard carry. So that means on seven carries, you know, five yards, which is a little bit – but, you know, we're not, we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive more into the run game and stuff when we get into more offseason stuff. Um, Johnny Walker, eight catches for a buck 37. I said he was going to be over 100. I just wish he would have caught that touchdown, so I would have been exactly right. But eight for 137 through the air for Johnny Walker. Great day for him. Moose, three for 68, including the one-handed catch that I just am going to continue to think about all day because it was incredible. Max Wright, four for 62. Jaden Platt had a great play, a 39-yard reception for his one catch of the day. Mari Daniels had a 34-yard reception. Micah Tease, two catches for 19 yards. I think that there's a lot uh, still left to like about Tease and his future. Ruben Owens, catch for eight yards. Um, and then Andrew Molesky, one catch for five yards. Um, the Amari Daniels fumble, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I meant to bring that up, but that that hurt a lot. You know, we all know how bad that one hurt. Um, not going to say the game was on that fumble, but that did hurt because the Aggies were gaining some momentum in that football game, and they were getting ready to have goal to go to make this thing a little interesting. So that hurts. Um, but all in all, I think there's a lot of positive takeaways from this game, knowing how shorthanded the Aggies were. Being able to compete in that game really was impressive. I'm proud of this football team, and I'm really excited for the future. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all for tuning in every single day. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow.